Bison, go with Correct. Welcome to the Bison Sports Podcast. Your exclusive look at Oklahoma Baptist Athletics. And welcome to another edition of the Bison Sports Podcast. I'm Todd Miller, along with Cassidy Fletcher. Another busy week on Bison Hill. Mother Nature, though, winning out against baseball and softball. Plus, another very busy week coming up this week for OBU student-athletes. Cassidy, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Todd. How are you? I'm good. You survived last week. Now, can you survive this week? It's a, it's a very busy week here on Bison Hill and for all of the athletic programs that are playing in the spring, but should be a, a pretty uh, productive week, I think, for a lot of the teams. Great show lined up for you today. We're going to talk Stampede Club membership with Associate Athletic Director Brian Duty. That's coming up in our next segment. And then, of course, we'll talk Bison football. It's spring football days here on Bison Hill. First-year defensive coordinator Brandon Morris will sit down and visit with us as well here on the Bison Sports Podcast. Cassidy, we talked about a busy week last week. It was cut short because of wintertime weather over the weekend. It was strange. Baseball lost their series opener in Weatherford 5-0 last Friday. Could not come back and play the final two games. Those were canceled in Weatherford. And softball, this bothers me. They lost three games against Southwestern to weather. They dropped the series opener 4-3, but... Man, you'd like to have a chance at Southwestern, who was struggling this year for three games that would have been here at home. Yeah, and that, that's the hard part, too, is they had to go to Weatherford, so they have to travel out there. Uh, it was very cold, extremely windy. Uh, really, from what I've heard from everyone that was there, uh, the wind was keeping some OBU balls in the yard that probably would have been home runs. Lady Bison likely win that game. Uh, in, in any other weather conditions, that second game, wind chills were down in the mid to low 30s uh, and had to be suspended. And it, it's just really unfortunate the weather uh, is going to factor into to the season here like this. But Todd, I woke up Saturday morning and it was snowing here in Shawnee. Uh, there was already snow accumulated on the ground. Uh, and really it, it just did not let up for the next couple of hours and they ended up canceling the entire day's worth of activities it's just very strange to have snow in april but you know that's that's what they had to deal with in case you're wondering why that series wasn't played either on sunday or even on monday there's a great american conference rule that states once a series begins in this case on friday it must be completed within 48 hours that means you can't play friday monday you can't play saturday monday it has to be within a 48 hour window and thus again a big series for both baseball and softball against southwestern oklahoma state was wiped out Women's golf was on the links this past week, and they were in Arkansas, and they finished seventh, Cassidy, a good final round that kind of propelled them into the top ten of the Henderson State Spring Invitational. Yeah, and they played they played fairly well, ended up, uh, as you said, in seventh place. Uh, Ellie Bays had uh, a top 15 finish. I believe she was uh, 13th, uh, a couple rounds in the 70s there. I know Michelle Carr improved. Uh, quite a bit from day one to two, uh, 
and got her round in the 70s as well. So you like to see this, uh, the, the top players really rounding into form. And, you know, you've only got a couple more tournaments left this uh, spring. Uh, you get, get a chance to go down and play a very difficult field uh, this week at the Central Region Preview. And, and you got the Great American Conference Championship coming up. That's what, you, that's what you'd like to see is they're playing their best golf here at the end of the season. And this is what's going to count the most. I uh, would not be surprised to see OBU go out and, and surprise some people uh, at the Great American Conference Championship. Drew Posada's clubs have done a very, very good job, and Mike Mandelapig's club has done a very good job here in the spring of 2018. From a coaching standpoint, I bring this up because, believe it or not, that's a hat you've worn here on Bison Hill. Do you have routines that get your kids stretched out to where they're playing their best golf in the final month of the season. I mean, golf's a unique sport. You're going out to shoot your best score every time you can. It is, and it's a very difficult it's, – it's something that's difficult to maintain. Uh, really, if, if you miss a day or two of practice, um, you're you're behind. You just fall back. You, you lose just a little bit of touch. Uh, it's one of those sports that it's just – it's so – you have to ingrain your muscle memory so often and so much uh, to keep your swing the way it needs to be, to keep your feel the way it needs to be. And that can change from day to day, from course to course, or from round to round even, uh, if you're playing 36 holes. Uh, to get back to your question, really, you want to try to play your best golf at, throughout the season. Uh, but by nature of golf being a spring sport, which I have my own issues with that, um, you kind of get, take off in the winter. Uh, there's just not a whole lot you can do. If it's 30 degrees outside, not a whole lot of guys out there hitting range balls. Um, sometimes you just cannot, uh, with Oklahoma winters, get out there and, and really get a lot of work in uh, like your normal routine. So I'd say early in the spring, that's when you try to knock all the rust off, get back into that routine that you're in. Uh, most guys, you see them come in in the fall, and they're at the top of their game. They've been playing all summer. Uh, playing for months without uh, any really break. So you, you see a lot of guys come in, they play very well in the fall, you take that little bit of a, a break in the winter, and it's just difficult to get back in the swing of things. So I think that's where these tournaments in April and May, uh, you see some really low scores because by then everyone's much more comfortable. And the courses themselves um, are, are growing and, and are able to – uh, really round out into shape the way that they're supposed to play. You know, you play in early spring, you may be playing on dead grass out there. Uh, by April and May, you get your own lush fairways. I have an idea to this problem of rust early in the spring. You and Rory and I will donate our podcast paychecks to OBU Athletics to start a campaign to build the Cassidy Fletcher indoor practice facility. I, I am Would all that about that. Absolutely. So uh, if you, you had, think we could move a couple of grains of dirt with our paychecks. I, I think that <laughs> if you went out and you, and you kicked over some rocks, that might be, uh, a, more than what we're getting, but that's okay. Uh, no, it's, it, it's one of those situations where it is difficult. If you do not have an indoor facility, um, you see a lot of guys still working on their swings, uh, hitting into nets and that kind of thing in the spring, in the winter time to try to get ready for spring. But um, it's tough. Golf in Oklahoma. There's a reason why you have a lot of guys who come out of this state that are that can compete nationally. 
Because if you can make it, if you can play golf in Oklahoma, you can play golf anywhere. So you're saying my game would equate to other places better than it does Oklahoma. I, I'm sure you, if you left the state, your handicap would drop in a minute. Yeah, I still carry that one handicap. It's called a swing. <laughs> Women again finishing seventh at Henderson State last week. Men's golf also in action. They were down in Texas at the Dallas Baptist University Patriot Classic. Maybe not quite the finish that Coach Basada was looking for. They finished eighth in that field. Uh, yeah, and and had some decent uh, Division two opponents in it, as well as some top NEI schools, uh, as we talked a couple weeks ago. You know, the divisions in golf aren't really as clear as they may be in some other sports. You may have a guy that could be one of the top golfers in Division two that just decides to go play in an NEI school because that's the one that offered him a scholarship. Uh, and you see that more and more uh, where division-wise – not as big of a gap as you would expect. And sometimes those top NEI schools are going to be even better than a lot of D2 schools just because of the way they're allowed to recruit. Um, but it was a tough field, good field. And they, I thought they played very well that first day. They, they improved uh, quite a bit from round one to round two. Uh, round three, I'm sure that there's some guys that would like to have some strokes back there, but uh, you, had, you did have another top 15 finish. Uh, Davis Farnell finished tied for 12th uh, and had all three of his rounds in the 70s. And you're starting to see these guys as well starting to round out into form. Uh, they've only got a couple tournaments left, and, and so you like to see them starting to play their uh, really good golf here towards the end of the year. Women's tennis was involved in uh, three Great American Conference matches last week, and how dominant is that program right now in the GAC? They won here at home 8-1 to over Arkansas Tech, then did a doubleheader in Arkadelphia on uh, Friday or Saturday, I believe, and swept both Washita and Henderson State by 9 nothing counts. That program, clearly the dominant program in the GAC right now. Uh, and they just seem like this juggernaut in the conference, and – it, it's because they are. They're, they're very, very talented uh, from top to bottom on that squad. They really don't have anybody that you that you worry about. You look and say, oh, they may have a tough uh, matchup, but I think that OBU matches up with who, whichever team we're going to play from you know from the top to the bottom in singles and doubles. Uh, they're they're very strong. It's a great pro program right now, and it looks like they're headed to uh, another Great American Conference regular season championship. Kudos to the Bison men's tennis team. They went out and won at Washita by a count of five to four, and you're going, well, that was a five four victory. They had no room for error to win that match, Cassidy. They had to forfeit a couple of matches because of injuries. Right now, they're playing extremely shorthanded. They are, and that just puts more pressure on everybody else to step up and make sure that they take care of business because, like you're saying, when you're having to forfeit matches and, and you're just kind of crossing your fingers out there hoping that uh, everyone else does their job and you still have a chance to win. So a uh, very gutsy win, I would say. You go in there shorthanded on the road in, uh, in the conference and you still find a way to pull out a win. Uh, very, very great job from the Bison. Let's take a look at what's happening this week on Bison Hill. Early in the week, women's golf, as Cassidy alluded to, was at the Tough Central Regional Spring Preview. That was at River Cut Golf Course in Springfield, Missouri. Men's and women's tennis were in Durant on on Tuesday for a duel against Southeastern. The men will be at Northwest Missouri on Friday and at Nebraska Kearney on Saturday. Softball and baseball both get East Central this week. Softball on the road Friday 
and Saturday for a 2 o'clock and noon doubleheader. Baseball will welcome the Tigers to town for a 6 o'clock single game on Friday night and a 1 o'clock doubleheader on Saturday. Men's and women's track and field, they have a split squad meet this week. One will be in Wichita, the other in San Diego. One will be at the KT Woodman Invite, hosted by Wichita State. The other one at the Triton Invite at the University of California State, San Diego. Lacrosse, after a two-week hiatus, is back on the pitch. On Thursday, they are in Colorado to take on Adams State at Alamosa at 4 o'clock. On Saturday, the Lady Bison traveled to CSU Pueblo for a 1 o'clock match. And Stunt is back in action this weekend. Three games in the city of Moore. They will take on Oklahoma State, the University of Central Oklahoma, and Oklahoma City. University. That is a look at this week's activities going on around Bison Hill. When we return, we will talk Stampede Club membership with Associate Athletic Director Brian Duty. That's coming up next to this week's edition of the Bison Sports Podcast. OBU students, are you looking to begin a career in athletics? Well, here's your chance. Get your start in college athletics today by joining the Charge Crew. Help create the game day environment by executing marketing plans, special presentations, and game day promotions for all OBU home athletic events. For more information and an application to sign up, visit obubison.com slash charge crew. Hey, fans. Need new bison apparel? ShopOBUBison.com is the only place online to purchase officially licensed bison apparel, accessories, and more. Open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Visit ShopOBUBison.com today. Hey listeners, this is Rory Taylor, a student at OBU and editor of this podcast. If you like our podcast, you should rate and review us. Just go on iTunes or SoundCloud, give us five stars, and leave us your thoughts. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Bison Sports Podcast. I'm Todd Miller, along with Cassidy Fletcher. We're visiting now with Associate Athletic Director Brian Duty. Membership in the Stampede Club now is uh, due and will be due up until May the 1st. Brian joins us. Good to see you again, Brian. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the deadline. It's coming up quickly, May 1st. You and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It doesn't mean you can't renew past then, but you're trying to get things wrapped up by the 1st of next month. Sure, absolutely. If, if somebody wants to support OBU Athletics, we're, we're going to help them find a way to support OBU Athletics. But um, that May 1st deadline for, for current Stampede uh, members uh, helps us plan for the upcoming year. And um, especially a lot of those folks um, have donations that are tied to their seating at, at football and or basketball. Um, so uh, we try to break those up uh, so that folks aren't getting hit with you know, uh, donation and tickets all at the same time, give them an opportunity to space that out a little bit. So um, that's why we have that May 1st deadline for renewing Stampede members. Um, and then, you know, we'll be sending out season ticket renewals for, for football probably sometime in the next two weeks. And those will be due at the beginning of June. And um, and then we'll be off on our way getting ready for football season and basketball season and all that another year on Bison Hill. Probably the most important question you need to address is the new tax laws and what that means for uh, donors into the Stampede Club. The tax laws have changed. There's not quite the same break individually that there has been in past years. They have, and, and we tried to, to communicate that as, as thoroughly, thoroughly as we could um, in a letter that went out to all of our uh, renewing Stampede members. Uh, but the, the previous uh, tax, tax laws stated that 
um, donations that were tied to seating opportunities at colleges and universities um, were, were allowed to be deductible at 80%. Um, and so with the, the changes to those, those tax laws um, uh, late last year that, that, that went into effect, um, they removed that, that tax deduction from, from those types of gifts that are tied to priority seating and that kind of thing. So um, while, while those gifts are, are no longer tax deductible in the eyes of the government, um, they are still a donation in the eyes of OBU. And we want to uh, be sure and, and treat and steward our Stampede donors the same way that, that they always have, whether or not they get the tax deduction for, for those gifts. So, um, you know, they'll still be a, an OBU donor. They'll still receive, um, you know, correspondence from the athletic department and from the university thanking them for those gifts. Um, and there are other gifts that the university receives like that that are um, that are, are still gifts, whether or not they're tax deductible. But, um, you know, nothing is changing as far as the benefit structure for those folks. Um, they'll still get the same great benefits um, from their Stampede membership, you know, whether it's premium parking for football or basketball, um, depending on their donation level access to, um, you know, the VIP areas, the touchdown club tent um, at football and the champions club at basketball. So um, structurally, it's all still the same. Um, it's just the, the government has changed the rules as far as that tax deduction goes. But we want to be clear and, and let all of our donors know that um, you're still absolutely a, a donor in the eyes of OBU and, and those, um, those donations matter a lot to our student athletes and to our program. And so, um, you know, whether or not you get a tax deduction for it, know that, uh, that, that we need it and we appreciate it. And, uh, and that's a big part of helping move our program forward. One of the things I like to say is a little goes a long ways. If you don't believe me, get inside the membership guide and you find out just how little you can give and how much that can be stretched out to help student athletes here on Bison Hill. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, people sometimes don't understand that, um, you know, our athletic department, as far as uh, the number of student athletes, is the size of a lot of Division One athletic departments, um, even some of the bigger ones. I mean, we're 550-plus um, student athletes, um, and that's, that's on pace with what, you know, they have at, at OU and some places like that. Um, and obviously uh, – you know, we don't have the, the structure and things like that and the resources of a place like OU, but, um, but it, it matters. We're, we're, we want to, we want our, our kids to have the best experience possible during their time at OBU and, and, and little things matter. Um, you know, whether it's, it's practice equipment or, um, just little updates that we can do to their facilities, their practice facilities, their locker room facilities, things like that, travel uniforms, all of that stuff goes into, to them having a, a great experience as a student athlete at, at OBU. And so, um, you know, whether it's $25 or $2,500, um, you know, we, we're going to be good stewards of that, um, as, as far as, um, how we allocate it. Um, and, and it's going to go a long way towards, um, taking care of our student athletes and, and making sure that, uh, like I said, they have a great experience during their time on Bison Hill. Brian Duty, Associate Athletic Director in charge of the Stampede Club at Oklahoma Baptist, our guest here on the Bison Sports Podcast. Brian, from afar and now being a part of the athletic department, I've always been amazed at the amount of support that this university gets from its donors and its boosters. But it's also changing the mentality just a little bit because those dollars don't go quite as far as they used to from the NAI days now to Division Two. Yeah, absolutely. It it it's definitely a, 
uh, a new challenge and a new opportunity for all of us. And, and you know, we've said that from the, the get-go when, when we decided to make that transition from NAI to Division Two that um, our coaches and student-athletes have really embraced, you know, that new level of competition. But that 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 goes for everything that we're doing. You know, the stakes are higher. Um, the the uh, the teams that we're competing against have a different level of resources than the the teams that we've been expected to c- compete against in the past. And and OBU's got a great history of success in athletics. Um, but to be successful at this level, um, you know, we all kind of need to step our game up. It's a different, you know, any of our coaches that you've talked to and any of our student athletes will tell you it's a different, it's a, it's a different deal. You know, the, the facilities, the, um, you know, all the different things that go into a competition, they're just different at the, at the division two level. And, uh, and, and we want to be able to keep up. We don't want to be, you know, just, you know, another another one of the hundreds of schools at the division two level, our expectation is that, you know, we want to keep winning championships and winning Learfield cups at the division two level, just like we were at the NAI level. Uh, But the reality is to do that is going to take some additional resources to, to be able to do things at the level that, that we want and expect to be able to do things. You know, at the various levels, um, correspondence after you give that check, sometimes it's not as good in some places as is it as in others. One of the things I like about the Stampede Club, you guys stay in contact. It's not, let me cash your check, we'll see you next year. You try to make that a positive experience for the boosters as well. And the example of that is the hospitality tent on game days during football games and the suite experience, in-game suite experience during basketball season. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we want, um, you know, we want our student athletes to have a, um, a great experience during their time at, at OBU, but we want our, our fans and donors to have a great experience too and, and to feel connected um, to the program as much as they can and, and to understand how much we value and appreciate them. So, um, you know, we want to do everything with excellence, anything that that we're doing event-wise um, and and to let those folks know that, that we appreciate them. The, the Touchdown Club at football um, has been a, a great – uh, a great opportunity, you know, when we brought the football program back to have, um, you know, kind of a premium area where, you know, that's where I spend a good amount of my time during the games, just just walking around, visiting with folks, um, you know, being able to to share a meal and and talk about, you know, what what ties them to OBU um, and and kind of their story as a as a donor or supporter of the program. And the same thing at basketball and the Champions Club, um, you know, to be able to. Uh, have some of that one-on-one time that that you can connect with folks and um, talk about you know things that are going on and and make them really feel connected to the program is uh, is important. One of the things that um, you do here is obviously you put importance on hospitality with with the boosters, but you also focus on renewals too. I know that there's various economic factors. People just can't renew at the level or can't renew at all that they did the year past. What is the goal for you and the Stampede Club in terms of percentage of renewals from the past year to the next season? Sure. Well, I mean, we always we always want to have a, a high percentage of, of renewals. We're, we're realistic enough at, at our level that, um, you know, for various reasons, there's a, there's a lot of folks that um, – you know, will support the program while they may have a son or daughter that's attending OBU, whether they're competing or not, that, you know, when they graduate, they may not have as, as direct a tie um, to OBU. And, and, and really, we're doing some things um, 
strategically and marketing wise to help develop a, a broader fan base of, of people in the Shawnee area that are just fans of OBU, whether or not you've got, um, you know, a family member that's here or, or, or not. Uh, but, you know, even those folks that, uh, you know, they may support the program at a certain level while they've got um, family in school, that kind of thing. Man, if, if, you know, if, if your son or daughter was a member of the football team and, and you were giving and attending games while they were here, that's that's great. We appreciate that. And, and they graduate and move on. But even if even if you want to give twenty five, one hundred dollars, you know, to the program after that, just to support the ongoing mission of the university and, and the direction of the program, those kind of gifts make a huge difference um, to, to be able to to keep people involved um, you know, even after they their direct tie to the university may have ended, um, that's that's what we really want to do. And and really, I think the growth for the Stampede is is in um, the area of, of philanthropic giving. We we want to encourage the broader OBU fan base. Whether you're an alumni, um, you know, you had kids or grandkids that went here, um, you know, whatever tie you may have, you know, even if you're just a you know, you're just attending a Baptist church somewhere in Oklahoma and, and OBU is, you know, the school that you support, um, man, 25, a hundred dollars, um, and, and just building up that, that, um, that donor base is, is going to be huge for us. You know, we probably have, um, right now between 150 and 200 active donors in the stampede. And, and those are donors that give anywhere from, from $25 to $2,500. Um, but man, if we could get that number up to, to 300 to 500, eventually, you know, even at, at the, you know, hundred dollar gift levels, that, that, that cumulative effect is going to have a big impact on, on our program and our, um, ability to do some things moving forward. What percent of stampede funds, I guess 100% benefit the sports teams here, but how much does the athletic department rely on those donations? Is that 10%, 25% of their annual budget? It's obviously very, very important. It, it is. And, and the main thing that, uh, that we can do with stampede funds is, you know, we, we, um, are, are, are conservative and, and careful with budgeting the funds that, that we get from the university as far as running the athletic department. Um, the 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 thing that the stampede funds allow us to do are are things that are maybe outside and above just the the basic operations of of the department if um you know if we have an opportunity to upgrade a locker room um you know we can we can do it for that um if we've got uh, you know some of that money goes back into to travel and uniforms and and things like that that like we talked about um, you know, making it so that our coaches and student athletes have a really great experience with their team at OBU. Um, but, but one of the things that, um, you know, we want people to understand is, you know, we are, um, very careful and dedicated with, with how we budget the funds that we receive, um, from the university. Um, but, you know, we're still in higher ed and, and everybody understands the state of, of budgets in, in higher ed. And, um, especially right now in Oklahoma and, um, you know, while, while we are, and our coaches especially do a great job of, of budgeting for their teams for the year and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, there are times, especially late in the year where, where budgets get tight and, and, you know, to, to be prudent about what you're doing, you have to make some decisions, whether it's travel or, um, different things like that, that, um, you know, we, we maybe wish we could, 
do some additional things that that we're not able to do budgetarily and and stampede funds that can be used to fill some of those gaps. Um, you know, we talked the other day that the difference between you know one of our teams traveling by van to one of their competition sites, you know, here in Oklahoma um, versus being able to travel on a charter bus and be able to, to stretch out and, you know, be able to work on your laptop and do classwork while you're traveling and, and not be, you know, scrunched and you get to the site and, and you really need to stretch out and, um, you know, it, 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 the, the difference of things like that, we, we want to do everything we're doing with excellence. And if, if we can make it so that, um, that we can fill in those gaps and our coaches don't have to worry about, um, you know, the budget's getting tight and we need to take vans versus taking buses or, you know, we really um, would love to get new uniforms for this year, but, you know, maybe we need to go another year. Some of those kinds of things that, that we can we can use, um, uh, you know, the, the dollars that we get through the stampede to to make sure that everything that, that we're doing and everything that we're providing for our student athletes is, is first class and on the level of what, you know, our expectations are for, for OBU and, and to do things at the highest possible level. That's, that's what makes a, a huge, huge difference. Brian Duty of the Stampede Club visited with us here on the Bison Sports Podcast. We'll offer a couple more questions and let you go. Um, how much of a challenge has this been for you personally? Because you come in at ground level in a transition period. You basically instill a new method of giving, which trains donors in a different way. Has that been a challenge for you to get to this point? I know that the Stampede Club is still something that you're trying to develop with new ideas going forward. Yeah, and 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 really, my my predecessor here did a, a good job of of laying a great foundation for for how the Stampede was structured. And um, you know, so many of our of our fans and donors, especially in in this area of Central Oklahoma, have some ties, whether it's to to OU or OSU or some of the bigger schools. Um, and and we want their experience with the Stampede and how we run things to 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 track along with um, you know what they're used to at at a place like OU or OSU or, or some other places. And so um, you know some of the changes that we made um, were, were were pretty small pricing wise, um, but but we we did it for the really for the benefit of of our donors so that we could we could steward them better um, so that we could. Um, make sure that we're acknowledging them the best way. And then, you know, at the time there were tax advantages to the way that, that we were doing things. Um, so now, you know, some of those things are different, but, but we, you know, and we're going to continue to, to follow the trends and we're in discussions all the time with schools from around the country on how they're handling things. And, and these new tax laws honestly probably will take several years for schools to sort out to see if, you know, the current model is sustainable or if, you know, there need to be some different changes made to how, um, you know, schools structure their their annual donations and tickets and things like that. So that's going to be a, an ongoing process. But at least um, for now, we we want people's experience when they give to, to OBU and when they buy tickets and things like that to to be similar um, to what they experience other places and, and to do things, um, you know, in a way that, um, we, we feel like is, is, is right for OBU. Um, obviously, um, you know, not on the same level as what some, some of those other schools are doing, but, uh, but similar so that, so that, you know, folks that are experienced at, at one place or the other, you know, feel like they have a similar experience with, with what they're doing with us at OBU. Okay. I'm a season t- or I'm a stampede club donor. I need to get my 
renewal in, or maybe I want to become a new member of the Stampede Club. I'm going to use the word target date, not deadline, because I think some people take that as a drop dead date. Hey, I can't do anything after May 1st. The target date to renew is May 1st, but tell us how they can get involved with the Stampede Club. Sure, absolutely. For for current Stampede members and season ticket holders, um, we mailed out uh, probably in, uh, in in late February their Stampede renewal form along with a, a self-addressed um, business reply envelope. Um, so, um, and that, that renewal form lines out you know, those donations that they have tied to, to seating and things like that and, and um, indicates what they gave last year if they want to do something similar. They can fill out that form, return it with a check or credit card information, send it back in that uh, business reply envelope to us, um, and we'll, we'll get, we'll get their, their renewal processed um, that way. They can also call us anytime, 405-585-5300, um, and, and any of our staff will be happy to take that information over the phone and, and get, them, get them taken care of. Um, for, for new members um, who are interested in, in um, you know, joining the Stampede, possibly getting football or basketball season tickets, um, would just recommend they, they reach out to us. They can send us an email at stampede at okbu.edu. Um, give us a call. Um, that information is, is on the website. If you go to the, uh, uh, the donate tab on the top of obubison.com, there's a drop-down menu there. Um, you can get all the information on the, the main Stampede page, um, but there's also places where you can download a, a new member form to sign up you know, check if you're interested in football and basketball tickets. If we have questions and we get that back, uh, we can definitely follow up with you. Um, So we've had a few in the last few weeks that are interested in in getting football tickets. Um, And what I would tell anybody is, um, you know, we're in that renewal period right now where, where we're waiting for current season ticket holders to renew their seats. And so until that is over with, we won't know exactly what seats are available for new season ticket holders. But for anyone who's wanting to to get new season tickets to join the Stampede, anybody who has who has made the donation to get premium seats for football or basketball and the green seats, um, and has made the the donation for those seats, we've been able to find a great location for them in those areas. So um, they can they can definitely go ahead and, and make the the gift portion of it, um, and we'll keep their information on file. And once we know what seats are open, we'll personally contact them and say, hey. These are what seats are open. Do these match what you know what you're looking for, and then and then get them taken care of with some season tickets. And that that process will typically happen in um, in the summer. That that football season ticket renewal deadline. Um, you're looking at June first, and we'll take some time to follow up with folks that maybe we haven't heard from, and make sure we understand their intentions. And then you know once we know what seats are available, we'll begin that process of um, you know maybe moving people around who are current season ticket holders that may want to, you know, move their seats or for new season ticket holder holders who are wanting tickets for the first time. We'll, we'll visit with them about what seats are open and get some tickets added to their account. 405-585-5300, the number for the Stampede Club office. Join today and become a part of the team behind LBU's teams. Good to see you, Brian. Yeah, great. Thanks for having me, guys. And, uh, yeah, well, all I would say is, um, we're we're here to to serve our our fans and donors. So anytime anybody's got a question about the stampede, about season tickets, um, anything like that, never hesitate to give us a call. Uh, my direct line is four zero five five eight five five four one one. Give me a shout and send us an email. And if there's any questions that you have or anything that we can help with, um, if if you're interested in finding a way to support OBU athletics, then um, we'll we'll find a way to get you plugged in and and uh, make sure that. 
um, we can uh, we can do that for you. Brian Duty, the Associate Athletic Director at Oklahoma Baptist, also in charge of the Stampede Club, our guest here on the Bison Sports Podcast. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Fans, stay up to date on the latest at OBU Sports. Follow Oklahoma Baptist University Athletics on Facebook at OBU Bison and on Twitter and Instagram at OBU underscore athletics. OBUBison.com, the official website of OBU Athletics. Get the latest news on all of your favorite Bison sports and listen to the live streams on OBUBison.com. on this week's edition of the Bison Sports Podcast. I'm Todd Miller along with Cassidy Fletcher. We're joined now by Bison defensive coordinator Brandon Morris. And Brandon, I guess in a way, this is the start of the second season. It's almost like Christmas here on Bison Hill with uh, the start of spring drills this week. It is. It is. We are very excited. Uh, kids are excited, uh, ready to move in, in a kind of a new, uh, new direction. Um, kids are extremely excited, and we are too. But are the kids as excited as you are? Because this is your first go around as the defensive coordinator in spring ball. Uh, probably equally, actually. Um, I am ecstatic. You know, I'm not grateful for this opportunity. Um, I've been blessed with it. Um, kids have shown their support. They're excited as well. Um, putting stuff on Twitter and, and yelling at each other across campus, stuff like that. So I know, Brandon, you really wanted this job. But you also got the benefit of almost having a dress rehearsal last year after Paul Smith left just after the first quarter of the season, you and Chris Jensen kind of were co-defensive coordinators and the defense got better at the end of the year. So did you have a little bit of a dress rehearsal to show what you could do for this position? I did. Um, along with the guidance of, of, you know, Chris Jensen, and he, he's an amazing coach with a ton of experience. Um, he kind of allowed me to, to call and kind of do what I wanted on the back end while he called the front. Um, so we got to collaborate a little bit and, and, yeah, it did. It was monumental in my in my progress, you know, hopefully becoming the defensive coordinator, which I have now. So. Okay, I'm going to give credit to you, all right? Um, you had a lot to do with the change. But was it schematically? Was the change due to so many of those young people growing up last year? Or was it a combination of everything that really turned the last month of the season on the defensive side of the football around? You know, it was a little bit of both, to be honest with you. Um Kids changed their mentality, and we got a little more sound schematically as well. Um, some of the issues and the mistakes that we were making early on, we stopped making. And um, it's a little more sound. And, again, the kids bought in. We changed the culture, uh, more accountability, um, more communication. Uh, kids bought in more. Uh, again, I mean, it was it was it had to be a mix of both. You've been coaching the defensive back, so let's talk about that part of the defensive okay. side of the ball for a moment. Man, that was scary last year in August, wasn't it, when you look out there and see so many freshmen getting ready to line up against Division II yes, caliber sir. competition. Most definitely. Most definitely. Those guys have more experience now. And, um, again, they've they've come a long way. Even throughout the year last year, they, they've made strides. Um, we had DBs. We had corners who were freshmen the first year on campus, uh, first semester on campus, who were making plays getting the last game of the season that they weren't necessarily making the first game. So – uh, they've come a long way. Um, safeties have come a long way as well. Um, again, just holistically, defensively, those guys busted their butt and 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 learned the scheme and and rolled with the changes and and it was hard on them as well. You know, when when those changes were made and um, they took it in stride and they kept getting better. They kept working and um, 
they bought in and progress was made. Spring football begins this week here on Bison Hill. We're talking OBU football with defensive coordinator Brandon Morris. Brandon, youth, uh, maybe a change in attitude, all I think led to struggles early. But this program is just now getting to where it needs to be numbers-wise. Don't you agree? Because in the first couple of years of playing Division Two schedules, depth and the lack thereof really has hurt you on that side of the ball. It has. It has, most definitely. And we're going into spring ball with about 70, about 70 kids, uh, which is on par of where we were last year, which is more than where we've been in the past before that. And that's that's huge. We're about three deep um, in the in the on the back end, uh, two to three deep up front. So depth wise, we're a lot better off than we have been in the past. And getting these kids to, to stay on campus and to buy into the culture, um, having him here, having them here in spring uh, so that can you know carry over to fall is is, is huge. You were talking about depth up front. That was an emphasis in uh, recruiting, wasn't it, this past offseason, both on the offensive and defensive lines? Most definitely. Yes, sir. Uh, we had four senior defensive ends who um, graduated, um, so that was a pretty big need. And we we also need more depth in interior-wise, and we uh, filled both of those needs. Uh, we didn't necessarily want to go the JUCO route currently. Um, feel like we wanted to go find freshmen who we thought could fit physically and guys who can come in and play now. And that's, we've, again, we feel like we, we met that need. So. One of the advantages you don't have at this level as opposed to maybe D1 schools is some of your signees come in during spring ball and participate. You're pretty much, you told me, going to go with what was on the roster last year minus the seniors over the next couple of weeks. Correct. Yes, sir. Uh, we have, uh, like I said, we, we about two to three deep up front currently on campus. Um, we are missing those freshman guys who are going to be coming in next fall. Uh, we have done a good job at getting them the information in the playbook uh, so they can start learning so they're not behind day one next fall. But currently we're working on the, these these kids we have on campus, and we're excited about these kids as well. Bison fans, if they take a look at the spring game in a couple of weeks, are they going to see a lot of difference in Brandon Morris's defense as opposed to the one that we saw the first half of last year? Yes, sir. Um Schematically, alignment-wise, it'll be similar. We're still running a four-two-five defense. Um, kind of how we attack the offense, how multiple how multiple we are um, disguising coverages. Those things will look different. Um, but again, schematically, just the the bodies we have on the field will will be pretty similar. What are your goals as a coordinator over the next couple of weeks during spring ball? I want to really make sure that these kids are, are engaged and growing. Um, I want to make sure that they, they buy into the culture. They keep buying into to where we ended the season last year. Uh, like I said, the kids bought in. We changed the culture. There was a high amount of accountability, both from the coaching staff to the players and, and, and among the players. And I want to make sure that continues. I want to make sure that we're still attacking, um, that we're not being hesitant on, on the back end, that we're still aggressive, and um, that we're growing knowledge-wise. I feel like – kids become better football players when they know what's going on around them. So I'm, I'm going to really challenge these athletes to to uh, keep expanding their mind. Um, I'm going to put them in tough situations and see if they can fight through those so that so it's easier on game day because they're going to be put in some tough situations on Saturday as well. So, again, just making sure these kids grow. You know, you look at the record the last couple of years, um, it's not because of a lack of football smarts. Don't you agree? I mean, you guys have some very intelligent players 100%. on both sides of the ball that you can test them intellectually and help them grow. Correct. Yes, sir. So it's, it hasn't been a lack of, of, of intelligence when it comes to football. These kids are high academic kids. Um, 
they can handle they can handle a lot. So again, I'm gonna push. I'm gonna push them. They're gonna be pushed intellectually. I'm gonna make them think a little bit. Um, all the thinking should happen before the play starts. You don't ever want a kid thinking during the play, right? But we're gonna put them in some situ- some situations that they're gonna have to work their way through before the play starts. And these kids can handle it. And and I feel like a lot of times as as coaches we hesitate to push kids intellectually because we limit them. You know, I'm not going to limit these kids. I'm going to push them, and we're going to keep growing, and we're going to see how far we can go. Defensive coordinator Brandon Morris in his first year here on Bison Hill, our guest on this week's edition of the Bison Sports Podcast. Let's talk about you just a little bit. Last year you handled the defensive backs. Then you were a co-coordinator, as I mentioned earlier, with Chris. What and how does your role change this year? Are you able to split as much time and coach the defensive secondary as you would have in the past having to coordinate the defense? Yes, sir. Um, I still, I still have the safeties. We we hired Gabe Blinn as our cornerbacks coach. So, by the way, good hire. Yeah, I mean he's 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 a great uh, he's a great coach. Uh, he knows football. He's great with that. He's great with the athletes. Kids are excited about him. Uh, I'm excited about him. He's he's been he's been great so far. And I don't not that's not going to change. He's he's an amazing amazing human being. Um, so I still have the safeties. Um, it is going to be an adjustment not being able to just focus on the safeties during plays. You know, I'm going to have to make sure that everyone's doing their jobs and and, and uh, make sure that everyone's on, on the same page. But the safeties are the quarterbacks of, of this defense. So being able to coach them when the, along with the grand scheme of everything is, is going to be pretty important. Is this the most important spring you've had as a coach, now being able to put your sole stamp on the defensive side of the ball? Most definitely. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Again, just making sure that everything fits together um, and, and these kids are learning and, and keep expanding and growing. And I'm doing the same thing. You know, I have long ways to go and I appreciate this opportunity. Uh, I'm not going to pretend like, you know, I've been coaching. I've been a defensive coordinator for 15, 20 years. This is my this is my first year. So I have some growing to do as well. So I'm going to keep expanding my mind along with the minds of my, my athletes. You were almost a victim of your own success, perhaps. I mean, I know that they wanted you to become defensive coordinator, but the other side was you're an outstanding strength and conditioning coach. That part is gone. Who's handling that now here for the Bison? Right now we have, um, we've outsourced that to a group called Performance Course. Um, Jeff Waters and, and Diamond are currently running our strength and conditioning program, and they're doing an amazing job. Um, like I said, we changed cultures holistically as a staff and as a program the last three or four weeks of, of last season. And they've come in and, and, and worked lockstep with us um, with being able to keep driving that culture in the way that we wanted to go. Again, a high amount of accountability, uh, pushing teamwork, uh, making sure that the kids watch out for each other and that, that they're coaching each other and they're not, they're not accepting anything less than full speed or full, or full go. Um, so they've been they've been monumental in the success we've had so far. This is my third year with Bison football, and I just get the sense things are different in this offseason than they have been in the prior few years. Do you agree with that? Yes, sir. Most definitely. Most definitely. Again, it's it's a culture change, and I, I keep saying that, um, but but it really is. The kids have a different mentality, and the staff has has a different mentality. How we go about uh, our business on a on a daily basis is different than it has been in the past. Uh, there's more continuity upstairs uh, in the offices uh, we we uh, get along extremely well but we also challenge each other I think that's important I feel like you get complacent if, if there isn't someone challenging you a little bit uh, it's easy to get complacent and um, you know I feel like we've we've gotten over the hump and we know what direction we want to go and we have a plan to implement it and now we're just going to go do it 
How you been received by kids? It seems like that based on this last recruiting cycle that kids are really starting to take notice of bison football. They are. Um, kids have been excited again. I mean, it's 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 easy to sell the culture. It's, it's easy to sell OBU because I don't have to lie about OBU. I love being here. I love being able to coach the way I want to coach, which I don't cuss kids. I never have, and, and that's not going to change, and that fits in with the culture here. Um, we try to keep things positive. I mean, we keep an edge. I'm a football player. I used to be a strength conditioning coordinator, so, I mean, we keep we keep an edge, and I expect a certain level of uh, – of, of progress and, and, and accountability, um, but we don't do it in a negative, demeaning manner, which is which is amazing, which is what kids want nowadays. Um, kids like feeling like they're liked or they're loved. You gotta you gotta tell the kid that you care about them if you want them to play for you. And I do care about these kids. I genuinely do, and we do as a staff. So that's that's easy to sell, along with um, the culture we're creating. Okay, the the new culture and the new direction where we're moving into. That's been. It's been an easy sell, and uh, it's worked out so far. Being around you guys, and I'm not around you every day, so things you know can be different than what I see. But, man, it seems like this staff is all on the same page. Everybody's tugging the rope the same way at the same time. When you deal in football, I think, with large numbers on a coaching staff, that may not always be the case. Is this a pretty unique situation? It is. It is, most definitely. Like I said, we're, we're all on the same page, pulling on the same rope, just, just like you said. Um, we do challenge each other, each other, and it's football. You know, things get heated at times. You know, we have disagreements as well, um, but it's never out of spite. It's never out of out of any type of animosity. It's because we're trying to better ourselves and better each other. So again, if you're not challenging someone's thoughts, if you're not pushing them to be a better person, then we're we're not really doing our jobs. Um, that's what we're here for, and it's it has been completely different. Um, like I said, it's it's great being a part of. Yeah, I've, this is a great a great spot for OBU football because uh, I know where we're going and, and we're going to be successful. Last question, then we'll let you go because I know you have things to do. Spring ball starting this week, but how cool has it been for you to almost be on the ground level of building a program like you and that staff upstairs have been ushering in a new era of Bison football? It's it's really been incredible. Um, again, to, to be able to put kind of your stamp on things and, and, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. It's, it's, it's an amazing feeling. Um, again, I'm not, I'm looking to do the best job I can where I'm at with what we're doing right now and giving these kids the best I absolutely have to give them. And hopefully I can get the same out of them. Um, like I said, they're excited and, and I'm excited about it. Um, but it really has been a special process again. And I wouldn't want to do it with an, with any other staff, uh, while on the same page, just, just like we talked about a few minutes ago. Um, it is. It's special building this foundation, and now we have something to build upon that is that I don't think can be anything but successful. So great to see you, my friend. And I tell you, I was thoroughly excited and happy for you when you became named defensive coordinator it. here. You're going to do great things, and we look forward to seeing you this spring and into the fall. All right, thank you, thank you, Brandon Morris, first year defensive coordinator for Oklahoma Baptist football. Our guest. We'll be back with more on this week's edition of the Bison Sports Podcast. our final segment of this week's edition of the bison sports podcast again a big thank you to brian and to brandon for stopping by and visiting with us here on this week's edition of the show again if you're interested in joining the stampede club or you need to renew your uh membership 405-585-5300 area code 405-585-5300 the number to call for the stampede club what else is in your mind today cassidy
Wasn't that great? Saturday and Sunday was about as good a major championship golf as you're going to find. Absolutely love Always been my favorite tournament, one of my favorite sporting events yeah. of the year, period. Uh, and to see the way that it finished was fantastic. That's probably why we had a little bit of a longer golf segment than we normally would. Not still pumped up from, from watching that uh, great play. You know, whether you're a Patrick Reed fan or not, and I'm not a big fan of his, but, man, I tip my hat to him. He had multiple major championship winners playing some of their best golf in their careers, nipping at his heel, especially on Sunday, and the guy, you waited for that crack in his armor, but it just never showed up. Out there, looked super steady. His putting was incredible. To putt on that stage, yeah. the way that he did on those greens, Hands down, tell him that is an impressive performance and could not have been more entertaining. Listen to Brandon Morris in our earlier segment. You really get excited, I think, about the future of Bison football. And I've said this, now this entering my third year with the Bison, I feel more excited and more ready about this season than I have in the other two. I just really think things are on the upswing. I think kids are starting to understand what this program's about, both internally and externally. As you talked, as we talked with Brandon a moment ago, I think you have all the coaches tugging on the rope the same way. I think right now things are very, very good, and that first game against East Central is going to be very, very key uh, in early September. And I think the work they're putting in, dividends down the road. I think this program right now really trending very, very nice direction. Uh, continue to improve. The way that they finished the season last year, I think they took all that momentum with them into the spring. Uh, they had a great recruiting class come, come in about a month ago. We love what they've got coming for the fall. And we've got to a reminder, our mailbag segment, Cassidy still invites you to uh, reach out and uh, ask he or I a question or a student athlete or a coach. We'll get those answered as best we can here on the Bison Sports Podcast. Uh, that's it. Uh, Bison Sports Podcast at gmail.com will be in, in the show notes. Have that email address right there. So go ahead and keep sending those. Uh, again, looking probably towards the end of the year, uh, we're going to try to close out the season on something kind of fun. So uh, keep sending those questions in. And if you have any requests, and please, if you'd like to ask a student athlete a question or a coach, go ahead and ask, and we'll see if we can get some special guests in here. Okay, that's going to wrap it up on this week's edition of the Bison Sports Podcast. For Rory and for Cassidy, I'm Todd. We'll see you again next week on another edition of the OBU Bison Sports Podcast. <laughs>